This sermon was recorded at the Church of Christ, Wheeler area, located at 1500 South Allen L. Bean Boulevard in Wheeler, Texas. Our regular meeting times are at 10.30 a.m. and 2.30 p.m. each Sunday. Come join us as we seek to worship God in spirit and in truth. It's very good to be here with you this morning. Uh, I'm going to first start out by saying I am not a expert on this subject. To, uh, to explain this, you need to be an archaeologist and a geologist to really dig deep. And so I am, uh, I'm scratching the surface. That's, that, that, that's all I'm getting done this morning. Uh, there's a lot of information uh, In Jude chapter 1, verse number 3, it says, Beloved, when I gave all diligence to write unto you of the common salvation, it was needful for me to write unto you and exhort that you should earnestly contend for the faith which was once delivered unto the saints. Whenever it comes to studying the global flood, there's a lot of people in this world that don't believe in it. They think that there was it was just very localized and it didn't cover the whole earth uh, and we're going to try to I'm going to try to explain that how it is possible and how it did cover the whole earth and the evidence that we have of that Second um, Timothy 2.15 says study to show thyself approved unto God a workman that needeth not be ashamed rightly dividing the word of truth we look at God's truth and we need to compare God's word to what we hear in the world. If man's word contradicts God's, there's something wrong with it. There's a lot of brilliant, brilliant scientists out there that have put a lot of hard work into trying to understand how our world came to be and what we have in this world that we see. And their research is good. A lot of it is really, really good. But just as soon as they get to the end of the research... They say, this, well, this happened millions of years ago, billions of years ago, and it's just not the case. Uh, a lot of the research that, that I have done uh, has come from a gentleman that started off working in the oil field. Uh, he, he did core samples for them. And believe it or not, he lost his job in the oil field. I couldn't, I couldn't imagine that. But that gave him the opportunity to go back to college and get his doctorates. And the research that he has done, he's done core samples all over the world, except for Far East Asia, as we'll see in the next couple of slides. Um, but his research is very sound. And so that's why uh, I took a lot of his information. And I'm going to present that to you this morning. Uh, is uh, Dr. Timothy Clary. He works for the Institute for Creation Research. Um, very good organization, and uh, their information is, is sound, and it, it follows Scripture very well. So that's a majority that we're going to be looking at. We're going to begin with the historical data and look at, then look at the scientific and archaeolog archaeological and then we're going to see how it applies to our lives and how we need to take this information and how it builds our faith. 
going to begin with the historical data. We're going to be reading in Genesis chapter, uh, chapter 6 uh, through 8, not all of that, but bits and pieces of it. And we're also going to look at flood legends that are seen across the world. Um, five, six, I don't remember. I've slept since then. Um, several generations after the flood, man came together and built the Tower of Babel. And the flood was relatively still in people's minds. And whenever they scattered across the world, they took that flood story with them. Now, it's been skewed in a lot of different ways, uh, but still, it's there. It's something to, to take into consideration. Let's begin in Genesis chapter 6, verses 5 through 20. And God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. And it repented the Lord that he had made man on the earth, and it grieved him at his heart. And the Lord said, I will destroy man whom I have created from the face of the earth, both man and beast, and the creeping thing, and the fowl of the air, for it repenteth me that I have made, made them. But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. These are the generations of Noah. Noah was a just man, perfect in his generation, and Noah walked with God. And Noah begot three sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. The earth also was corrupt before God, and the earth was filled with violence. And God looked upon the earth, and behold, it was corrupt, for all flesh had corrupted his way upon the earth. And God said unto Noah, The end of all flesh is come before me, for the earth is filled with violence through them. And behold, I will destroy them with the earth. Make thee an ark, a gopher wood, Room shalt thou make the ark, in the ark, and shall pitch it within and without with pitch. And this is the fashion which thou shalt make of it. The length of the ark shall be three hundred cubits, the breadth of it fifty cubits, and the height of it thirty cubits. A window shalt thou make to the ark, and in a cubit shalt thou finish it above. And the door of the ark shalt thou set in the side thereof. The lower, second, and third stories shalt thou make it. And behold, I, even I do bring a flood of waters upon the earth to destroy all flesh wherein is the breath of life from under heaven, and everything that is in the earth shall die. But with thee will I establish my covenant, and thou shalt come in into the ark, thou and thy sons and thy wife and thy sons' wives with thee. And of every living thing of all flesh, two of every sort shalt thou bring into the ark to keep them alive with thee. They shall, they shall be male and female, of fowls after their kind and cattle after their kind, of every creeping thing of the earth after his kind. Two of every sort shalt thou come unto thee to keep them alive. God saw the weakness of man that was in the earth. It, it, it was great. I've I've seen uh, I've seen men do and women too do some horrible things, but with that, there's always been some good along with it. I can't imagine we're at close to two thousand years since creation. Uh, there's roughly about 
they estimate about 200,000 people on the face of the earth at this time. He found one that was righteous. Him and his family. <laughs> That's not very good odds, people. Whatever you think, I mean, it, it's a, whenever you envision this flood, it's not just, a, not just like somebody left the bathtub running. This was awful. To think of how many people died, the animals that died, his own creation that he made, something that he thought was, it was beautiful in the beginning, and man just utterly corrupted it. Genesis 7, 11, and 12 says, In the 600th year of Noah's life, in the second month, in the 17th day of the month, the same day were all the fountains of the great deep broken up, and the windows of heaven were opened, and the rain was upon the earth forty days and forty nights. Here we see the beginning of the flood that it, when it began to rain. Rain started coming down, the springs and everything else started coming up. 19 through 21 says, And the waters prevailed exceedingly upon the earth, and all the high hills that were under the whole earth, under the whole heaven, were covered. Fifteen cubits upward did the waters prevail, and the mountains were covered. And all flesh died that moved upon the earth, both of fowl and of cattle and of beast, and of every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth, and every man. These verses show the vast amount of water that flooded the earth, as well as the death of the animals. Only one saved were those that were on the ark. We have the biblical account. Now we're going to look at a, another account of the flood. I'm not, I don't know if you all are familiar with uh, the tales of Gilgamesh. Uh, this tablet was found uh, by uh, Turkish archaeologists. Hormsdi Razam, uh, he excavated the, uh, the library of King Ashurbanipal in Nineveh. Uh, Gilgamesh was a ruler of a Sumerian, a Sumerian ruler in the area of Iraq. Um, they date this tablet to somewhere, anywhere from 22 to uh, 2000 B.C., the flood was in 2348 B.C., according to genealogy and, and research. So this, this tablet is older than dirt, and it still, it still mentions the flood. This next chart, I uh, know some of you in the back might have a hard time seeing this, uh, as, as big as I could get it. Uh, in this left column, we have the verses of explaining you know, uh, Genesis and what happened. You know, that we have at the top, man's transgression, uh, divine destruction, a favored family, uh, ark provided, destruction by water, uh, human saved, animal saved, universal destruction, uh, landing on uh, mountain, birds sent out, uh, survivors worship, 
and divine favor on saved. And so these yellow boxes are where all these different places meet that criteria. So at the top we have uh, Babylonians uh, in the two, two columns, the Persian, Syrian, Asia Minor, Greece, Egypt, Italy, Lithuanian, Russian, China, India, uh, Canada, the Cherokee in the United States, the Papagoa in Mexico, the Aztecs in Mexico, Peru, uh, La, Leward Islands, Fiji Islands, and Hawaii. So in this column, everything meets. And the next one, they didn't believe in man's transgression. That's why. So that's how, that's how you read that chart. The orange is where they kind of partially agree with it and disagree. So uh, it, the story is there throughout, throughout the world is what this chart gets at. I mean, there's uh, all of them except for in Egypt have destruction by water. So it's, it was a common, a common thing to, for them to talk about. And I, I find it very interesting that it made it this far and for this long. You know, I don't, looking at my own family, I don't, I don't know a whole lot of my family history. I have, a, I have stories, but knowing genealogy and exactly what happened, you know, it's, it's something that's not, I haven't retained. And so since I haven't retained it, my sons probably aren't going to retain it either. You know, I have a, a great, great, great uncle he threw a veterans party for the civil war vets a funny story he invited the union and the confederate to the same party that was not a good idea on his part so you know that that's just that's just one little story that you know and and by the time my my sons have sons that story will probably be forgotten you know and so for the flood to reach it and to where we can you know look at it and see it now it, to me it, it's very quite amazing uh, like the tablets of Gilgamesh, there are several tablets that were found. And other than that, you know, countries came in, they conquered other countries, and they destroyed them. You know, that's what God told the children of Israel to do whenever they went to the promised land, to utterly destroy the people. So whenever they destroyed the people, they destroyed their history as well. And so for us to find evidence of the flood story in other cultures besides you know, besides the religion of Christianity and, and Muslims, it's really not out there. And so it was, it was very interesting to me to, to see these other places in the world that, that did believe in a flood. We also see scripture uh, where Jesus uh, refers back to Noah. In Matthew 24, verses 37 and 39, it says, But as the day of Noah were so shall also be the coming of the Son of Man be. For as in the days that were before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage, until the day that Noah entered into the ark and knew not until the flood flood came and took them all away, so, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. So here we have Jesus himself mentioning Noah in Scripture, so we don't just have to use the Old Testament. Uh, Noah is also mentioned in uh, Jesus' genealogy. 
Well, that's a lot of the historical data. I know it's not much, but uh, that's about all there is, really. I mean, it, it's just, it's hard to find it. But, Corey, we're also looking for something that's 4,000 years old. Next, we're going to look at scientific data. Uh, very, very interesting thing. You start studying this, and it, I mean, it just, it goes everywhere. I mean, you, you start getting dates. This happened 1,000 years ago. This happened 2,000. This was, you know, a millennia ago. You ever look at soil uh, and rocks, too? One thing very particular about this, these two levels, you see the one in red and the one in a lot cream color, white color. They say there's a million years in between those two layers right there. What's missing? In a million years, it should look like this down here. That line is as straight as it can be. There's absolutely no sign of erosion in between those two forms of rock. If one of them's a million years old and the other one's even older than that, there'd have to be something in there that had any, some sign of erosion, and there's not. Those two forms were laid down at one time. It's the only thing that makes sense. I mean, I'm, not even, I'm not a scientist, and I can tell you that. You can't get a million years without any kind of erosion. Heat, cold, rain, snow. You've seen our highways. They crack open, don't they? There's a little form of uh, cracks, forms in it. Water gets in there, moisture, it freezes, it dries up. More water comes in, it freezes, it dries up. It gets hot, it gets cold. It cracks and falls apart. This chart is very interesting. This was, uh, again, I, I'm, I apologize for the images. This looks really good on my computer, but on screen it's not so good. Uh, this far left column, there's probably some names in there that you'll recognize. Uh, this right here is at least a million years. That's the Jurassic period. The uh, uh, Permian level is right here. Mississippian is here. Each one of these scientists will say is a million years. There are a million years in between all these different layers of sediment, and that's what we're mainly looking at is rock forms and sediment. In the middle column, we see the, uh, the rising waters uh, coming in and going out. Whenever God opened up the earth and spring started to come forth, the geologists will say this is somewhat kind of Pangea. This is what the world somewhat looked like, not the world that we have today. So as everything started to break open, the tectonic plates started to shift. Now you've seen, you've seen the results of tsunamis, correct? Okay, whenever we have, whenever there's an earthquake, earthquake especially in the ocean, it sends out a wave, and the destruction that we've seen from these tsunamis, these are 40-foot waves. Whenever God flooded the world. These waves were anywhere in between 400 to 500 foot. 
And so no, we're not talking about nice, clean, blue waters coming in and hitting the beach. We're talking about the sediment from underneath the bottom of the ocean coming in. This water was black. It was mud. And the further it went inland, it started ripping up trees, carrying boulders. If it were to happen today, it'd be carrying pump jacks, oil wells, drilling rigs, skyscrapers. It chunk a semi around like it was nothing. So, as they took these core samples, they were able to see that these waves came in and they went out. Wave comes in, it goes out. Wave comes in, and it goes out. This image is the first 40 days of waves coming in and waves going out. Uh, I'd like you to take a, a, remember this little white area that's right through here as we go throughout this lesson. Uh, some, of these, some of these places have not, as you can see, they're not flooded yet. Some of them actually don't exist. Uh, California didn't form until the water started to recede. As the waters receded, they took material with them and uh, got left behind. You know, the water went back out to the ocean, and the further it went, it left sediment behind. And that's why there's no flooding region uh, on the west coast and even some on the east coast. I can verify for that on the east coast. North Carolina is nothing but sand except for the Appalachian Mountains. I know that because I spent five years there. It is nothing but sand. Sand got left behind as the waters receded. Now we get closer to uh, 150 days. More areas flooded. We still have little peninsulas. A lot more of Africa gets flooded. If I put those slides right out. More of Africa gets flooded. Uh, that is, that is the, this is the constant flood area. So this is permanently underwater at this time, everything that's in blue. And so as the tectonic plates still begin to shift and break apart, then it, those waves more than likely are crashing over most of the land surface that we see today. Genesis 7.23 says, And every living substance was destroyed which was upon the face of the ground, both man and cattle and creeping things, and the fowl of the heaven, and they were destroyed from the, from the earth. And Noah only remained alive, and they that were with him in the ark. So now we've reached this, what they call this Jurassic period. Uh, the gentleman that first, I forgot to mention this, the gentleman that first started doing this research of these core samples, uh, he worked with a man that had already been doing them for a while, and they were dr drilling in the United States, so he named them all after American tribes. And so that's what these, these names are uh, on the far right. And so as you go through Genesis you can read, I mean, Genesis 7, 17 talks about, you know, the ark being lifted up off the, off the face of the earth. It's, it's now floating at day 40. So by before day 40, 
you know, most low-level areas have already been flooded. Uh, all animals and everything that can is headed to high ground. And this is whenever things really start getting violent. Uh, from day 40 up to day 150 is whenever everything else gets shoved underwater. Like I said that in between the tsunami and the tectonic plates moving, they're moving at a pretty rapid pace. Um, anywhere close to about one mile every minute or so, which wouldn't necessarily really be able to feel all that much and more than likely you probably wouldn't be real worried about it because some nasty, nasty mud is about to drown you. Uh, I'll get there eventually. Been told, uh, I guess my whole life, or at least in science class I was, that that it took a very long time to, to form the Grand Canyon. You know, the Grand Canyon's millions of years old. It's, it's been there forever. Um, this one, this little canyon, uh, is really neat. But it, it might help you understand a few things. Uh, this is a... A gorge in the hill country here in Texas. Uh, during one week, one week in the summer of 2002, more than 34 inches of rain fell in the upper watershed of the Guadalupe River, setting off a torrent of flood water. Water, this water carved this uh, the canyon solid limestone in depths of 50 feet covered more than 64 acres uh, this little waterfall that you see in this picture is not from rain that is the Trinity aquifer that it uncovered one week of rain 50 feet down through solid limestone I took a I took a dozer to the Gageby Creek whenever it was real dry. And I have rippers on the back of it, so I can't go down and up just real steep. It has to be gradual. So I was trying to get one solid creek channel. The, the beavers had dammed it up so many times that we had like 10 creeks, and it was just a boggy, boggy mess. And uh, when I got done with that, we got a rain. It was wonderful. We got a nice little shower, got... You know, somewhere up on the further up the creek from us, somebody, they got close to two inches of rain at once. It was really nice. Everything started greening up. Well, that water started rushing. Kept on flowing. I, I, could, I made this with a dozer. I could cross it on my horse. One year. One year in the Gageby Creek, and you all know the Gageby Creek. It, you know, there, there's some places you can step across that thing. It gouged that channel down deep enough that I cannot get through it horseback. In some places, there is a six-foot drop-off. The Gageby Creek. I mean, you could turn on the faucet in your house, and it might flow more water than the Gageby Creek does. But that's how, that, this is the power of water. Utter destruction. 
This thing ripped up junipers and ponds and started throwing boulders down it. Several people lost their homes. That was 34 inches of rain. In two in 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 one week. Let's shoot for 50 inches of rain every day for 40 days. Plus you have springs bubbling up. I was going to go into the archaeological data. This is some interesting stuff uh, in, front, in the front of the communion. Uh, this is a rock. This is a rock. It, I mean, I'm no scientist, but that, that, that's a rock, right? It comes from the petrified forest in uh, eastern Arizona. My parents uh, picked it up last year whenever they went on a trip. This was part of a branch. Now, you take one of these trees and you cut it down, and you leave it there, what's going to happen to it? Is it going to turn into this? Here in the Texas Panhandle, you're going to have a grass fire, and it's going to burn it. That's what's going to happen here. No, it's, it's going to decay. It's going to get rained on. It's going to get snowed on. Termites are going to start living in it. There's not going to be anything left of it in about 10 years. You'll be able to step on it, and your foot will fall through it. But that one turned to rock. Why'd that happen? There's only one way to get fossils, and that is for rapid burial. You know, even even whenever I'm dead and gone, they're going to put me in a box, and my body's still going to decay because I won't be rapidly buried. If an animal dies out in your pasture, Scavengers, coyotes are going to get it. They're going to scour the bones all over the place. And the bones are going to stay there for 10, 15 years. They're slowly going to decay. And before long, there won't be anything left of them. They're slowly going to sink into about an inch of dirt, two inches of dirt. And they're going to rot away. The only way that we can get fossils is if they are buried rapidly and quickly. And with tsunami waves coming in, and carrying all sorts of debris, they're going, to get, they're going to be buried very quickly. We have marine fossils in every layer of sediment that was left. When the first layer of flooding happened, marine fossils get laid down. Whenever the bigger animals died, the dinosaurs, the, the big elephants, you can also find marine fossils with them. Up in the mountains, you can find marine fossils. This bottom Yeah, this bottom uh this bottom image is the fossil of a whale. It, is, it was found in Chile, 5,000 feet above sea level. 
sea levels have never been that high before. Not that any living person here on earth knows of. Recorded history, other than Noah and the flood, God's flood in Genesis, that's the only time that the seas have been able to get that high. There's evidence. Now, I told you to remember that image of that one little white speck that we had as the waters were coming in. I don't know if you can see these yellow dots. Uh, this one down here around uh, Big Bend, these are all areas where T-Rex, I just picked one that most people would recognize where they have found T-Rex uh, fossils. And it kind of makes a U-shape and goes all the way up and in up into Canada. And narrow little strip. This area that we see and we see those, those floodwaters coming in, I'm sure there's more animals in that area than T-Rex. They were running for their lives. That's why they're found there. Any animal that could move, did move. They did just stay there and get buried. I'm sure you could hear that flood water coming from hundreds of miles away. Those animals ran for their lives. We, you know, whenever I was a little kid, we got, talked, we got told about Noah and the flood. We saw, you know, they showed, they had these books that had these little, little boat in it and it had like an elephant hanging his head out the door of the, of the ark and the water's nice and blue and everybody has a smile on their face. Ladies, this, this was awful. This is utter destruction. There are no clear blue waters. These waters were carrying debris that, you know, one of the reasons that we don't find human beings is one, we're kind of light. We're going to float. If we get hit by this water, more likely we weren't intact. It would have blown right through us. And so if we did make it out of the flood intact, we would be deceased. Our corpse more than likely would have floated. One of the main reasons why we don't find human remains. That image kind of shows uh, the last area that was flooded. Genesis 6, 7 says, And the Lord said, I will destroy man whom I have created from the face of the earth, both man and beast, and the creeping thing and the fowl of the air, for it repenteth me that I have made them. Look at this word destroy. Uh, this is Strong's number 4229. It means to erase, to blot out. That's what God did. He erased man from the face of the earth.
as we wrap this up, we want to look at what we should learn from this flood. One, it should increase our faith. We see how God saw the sin of the world and he repented that he had made man and he destroyed the sin with water. You know, we go through the same steps becoming Christians. We got to rid sin from our lives. Romans 5, 12 says, Wherefore, as by one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin, and so that death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. Next, repent of the sin in our life. Luke 13, 3 is, I tell you, nay, but except ye repent, ye shall all likewise perish. You know, in the days of Noah, the whole time Noah was building the ark, he preached. He preached to the people. God might not have saved them in the ark, but he probably would have given them eternal life with him. But scripture says that none repented. Next, we need to wash away our sin with water. Acts 22, 16 says, Now, why tarriest thou, arise and be baptized and wash away thy sins, calling on the name of the Lord. It's easy to see the similarities of God's reaction with sin and what our reaction to sin should be in our own lives. 1 Peter 3, 20 and 21 says, Which sometimes were disobedient, when once the long suffering of God waited in the days of Noah while the ark was preparing, wherein few, that is, eight souls, were saved by water. The like figure whereunto even baptism, baptism doth also now save us, not the putting away of the filth of the flesh, but the answering of a good conscience toward God by the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Just as God saved Noah and his family, we can save ourselves by obeying the gospel. After baptism, we must live our lives and strive to walk with God. No, God never did completely give up on man. He gave us a way of escape. And we need to take that way of escape. Because as bad as that destruction of the water is, the destruction that's coming next is going to be a lot worse. Second Peter 3, the writer talks about the day of the Lord coming. In 3 verse 1 it says, The second epistle, beloved, now I write unto you, and both which I stir up your pure minds by way of remembrance. We need to remember. We need to remember the, the sacrifice that was made for our sins, but also the destruction that comes. Verses 6 and 7, it says, Whereby the world 
that then was being overflowed with water perished, but the heavens and the earth, which are now by the same word are kept in store, reserved unto fire against the day of judgment and perdition of ungodly men. He wrote them and told them to remember. Remember the flood, remember the destruction, but remember there's more to come. It's not over. Verse number 10 says, But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night, in which the heavens shall pass away with a great noise, and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. The earth also and the works that are therein shall be burned up. We cannot lose sight that our Heavenly Father is coming back, and we don't know when that will be. So as we bring this lesson to a close, I want to ask you, are you ready? Are you prepared? Are you right with God? We meet here every Sunday. We meet here on Wednesday to encourage and lift each other up, to keep the faith. I ask you today, I plead with you today, if you're having problems, let us help you. There's something in your life that, that you need help with, we can at least pray for you. There's brothers and sisters here that can help you through difficult times. You've got a lot of people here that, that have been through a lot of difficult times. We are a family, the family of God. Families lean on each other whenever they're in need, whenever they need help. And I encourage you to do the same. We're going to offer an invitation here in just a moment. If you're here today and you have not been baptized, you need to be. <laughs> That's just... If you believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, and that he gave his life for your sins, then you need to take the next step and you need to be baptized and start living your life for him. Because the destruction that comes next is everlasting. This, that last scripture talked about the earth being burned up. But for those that don't believe, that burning is going to last forever. Thank you for listening to today's sermon podcast. If you have questions about what you have heard or would like to know more information, please contact us by emailing cfcwheelerarea at gmail.com or look us up on Facebook or Instagram and send us a message there.